how I like to plan for my meals now, and I'm, I've arrived at this method because I kissed a bunch of frogs. Mm-hmm. I've tried some methods that just were not sustainable. They sound great on paper for me, but I, it just it didn't fit my style or my family's style. Hi, I'm Sarah Kuhn. Welcome to the Juno Women Podcast, where I sit down for candid conversations with women who are experts in their field and share their specific knowledge so that we can become better equipped to handle all things motherhood. Juno Women is an extension of Juna, a fitness and nutrition app created to help guide you through your trying to conceive, pregnancy, and motherhood journey. Everything we do at Juna is designed to empower and support you through one of the most incredible and challenging times of your life. Today, I'm talking to Cassie Joy Garcia, a certified holistic nutritionist, professional cook, and creator of the brand Fed and Fit, where she shares easy recipes, meal prep tips, nutrition science, and healthy lifestyle tips. In this episode, we discuss Cassie's methods for figuring out how to create recipes that are great for the whole family, don't cause unneeded stress, and are nutritious, delicious, and help save you money. I hope you enjoy. Cassie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Do you want to start by introducing yourself and your family? I am Cassie Joy Garcia. I'm down here in San Antonio, Texas, and Um, I have been blogging and recipe developing, and I like to think most of all problem solving in the (laughs) kitchen for a little over 10 years now. And when I started Fed and Fit, it was really a personal blog and has evolved uh, into more of that that problem-solving place is what we like to think of ourselves as. And I, family-wise, I have two little kiddos, a three-and-a-half-year-old, a a one-and-a-half-year-old, and and then our number three, our third girl, will be here in about, in a couple months. Oh, wow. So what are, so two-year age gap and then... What, how old, like, are they both, are they all two years apart? So just under two years apart. And then this one will be about 19 months, 18 months. You are <laughs> so brave. I'm sure you're getting a, a lot of, of, whoa, you're, that's incredible. Mine are all 22 months apart and it has been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know that the payoff is because the pay is like just starting to come and my youngest is 15 months. My three and a half year old is or almost three and a half year old starting to play with our littlest one. And it's I love like the I really wanted kids close in age and I'm glad we did it. But I the it's hard. The close age gap is hard. Yes, absolutely. And it is it I watching our two girls play together now. They're really taking an interest in each other. Mm -hmm. And the three and a half year old. She she refers to Bishop still our our second as baby. And so this morning mm-hmm. a baby was crying and I was like, Oh, Grayson, actually Bishop is not exactly a baby anymore. <laughs> but there will be one crying here soon. Exactly, exactly. Oh, that's funny. Our our baby, who's obviously he's fifteen months, so he's not really a baby anymore. He's starting to pick up Kyla's doll and he calls it baby. And I'm this is this the cutest thing in the world. But there's no more babies coming, guys. No more babies. Yeah. Cool. Why don't you so you touched on it, but tell us a little about your area of expertise and then how you got started started oh i'd love to so area of expertise is definitely now it's more on focused on how do we make i think uplifting confidence in the kitchen most mm-hmm. of all and making dinner time meal time feel and be more doable saving ourselves energy as a there's nothing like and i know i make a company here 
as a mother of very young children really puts you through this process of having to trim the extra activities to get a dinner on the table. And there's no fuss. I don't have time for fuss. Mm -hmm. And I found that really resonates with our readers here at Bed and Fit. And so really figuring out how do we give folks recipes that are not fussy, that have really reliable results and are going to save us time and energy and in, in a lot of ways room in our grocery budget. So that's what I do now. My area of focus before that, I'm a so I'm a certified holistic nutritionist. And I had a nutrition practice for many years that I really enjoyed and really focused on helping folks learn how to trust their own bodies and figure out how to interpret certain cues and also navigate towards just how to heal themselves and how to where to really put the priority. And what I found is folks are putting way more priority on food and fitness, which is ironic because that's my business name is Fed and Fit <laughs> and totally ignoring the impact that sleep and hydration, for example, can have on how you're feeling. And so it was just, it's been a really lovely career evolving over the years. Yeah, it's so interesting. I have, this is just a total aside, but I am one of those people that has religiously always exercised. I've always been really good about what I eat and didn't realize the impact of sleep and stress and I, and, and how that also impacts your weight and where mm -hmm. you're and, and so it, I'm not surprised that I'm not alone, especially because this is my the business I'm in too. And I think the hydration part, like I was always one of those people that had 140 ounces of water a day. And then mm. and then I realized, I'm like, why am I drinking so much water? And I just recently have gotten on the habit. I don't know if you've heard of them, but Element. Mm-hmm. Oh I love God. it. Oh my God. I, my, my friend recommended them and I started doing research about it cause I'm breastfeeding and wanted to like know about, and I was like, and found happened upon this article that's, oh, you can't just input water. You're also losing all these things. And no wonder I was drinking so much water. I was just trying to throw water back in my body, but also these, the magnesium and sodium, all that stuff matters. And I feel like mm. my, I've now been drinking really differently, you know, because I've been using element and this is not a, <laughs> I just, I love it so much, but Anyway, talking about hydration. <laughs> I love it. I, it. It makes a remarkable difference in how I feel when I have adequate electrolytes. Yes, yes. I'm sure in pregnancy too. Yes. By the way, what? how far along are you? I am. I only know this because I went to the doctor this morning. <laughs> third, third pregnancy, right? Third, exactly. <laughs> Just on the journey, right? They were like, welcome to the third trimester. I was like, oh, are we there? <laughs> yeah. I, I relate to that so That's, deeply. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm 28 weeks, so I have a few months left. Okay. All right. Well, congrats. That's well, 12 weeks left. You got this. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so I want to go through, I think one of the things that's really useful to me and definitely my listeners is hearing how you do things. So if you could tell us a little bit about your routine for meal planning and how you shop, how you prep, and how do you prepare for like your weekly meals? Yes, I would love to. So how I like to plan for my meals now and I'm I've arrived at this method because I've kissed a bunch of frogs. Mm -hmm. I've tried some methods that just were not sustainable. They sound great on paper for me, but I, it just it didn't fit my style or my family's style. And so I sometimes it's helpful I think to talk about what I've ruled out to talk about why yes, we're here. Yes, please, please. So one of the things that I tried was cooking all of my food in advance, most of the food at least on the weekend meal prepping in a more traditional sense. 
And what I don't like about that, because I am a full-time working, very young children, the weekends, I felt like I was cashing in more time away from my kids. Because in order to pull off that kind of a large kitchen activity, they might be there in the kitchen, but it's not quality time that I was really craving. Yep. And then, so it's this huge effort, hours and hours. And then by Wednesday, to be totally honest, I'm usually bored with my food and yes. I'm ready for something else. And so then the other method that I tried on, and as a recipe developer, this is something that I, I love to cook. And so this feels like a natural default was to cook a fresh involved dinner every night for my family. And that was also unsustainable because I just don't have the time. Dinner time overlaps with when my kiddos need me the most mm -hmm. and it's just not <laughs> practical. Yep. And, and so where I'm at now is it's a, evolved into this process of how do I still get a fresh, healthy, homemade dinner on the table for most nights of the week and then, but have some of those efforts carry forward so that it's easier the next time I'm ready to roll up my sleeves and pull a meal together and so what I do is I look at the nights that I've got dinner that I is seven of them. They, they need to eat every day, apparently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we do we do a Sunday family dinner with my parents, Fridays, pizza night. I know at least one night of the week I'm going to do spaghetti and red sauce for my girls because I, I just love having that win in my back pocket. Yep. And that leaves four nights. And so what I do is I meal plan for four nights. And by doing that, I like to group dinners together in pairs because I have found that if I pair something up and I make enough protein, basic protein, to go into two different meals, then it makes dinner so much easier. So for example, let's say I have a pork shoulder in my freezer. I will put that into my instant pot, cook it down, and then turn it into shredded pork, you know, or pulled pork. Mm -hmm. And then I can use this really basic pork in two totally different dinners. Maybe one dinner, one night is a, I just made this yesterday, actually, a barbecue mac and cheese bake. So toss this pulled pork and some barbecue sauce and put it over a really easy skillet mac and cheese and then bake it till it's nice and yummy. And then the second meal turns into a pulled pork chili verde with some beans in there, some kale for added nutrients, two totally different dinners. But truth be told, I did the hard part once. Right. right. I did the pork once. And so what I do is I'll pick two of those dinner series, maybe one that focuses on pork, for example, and maybe I want to do poultry or vegetarian or seafood for the others. And and so that's how, for example, this um, new book that we've got coming out is structured, is around showing, showcasing these dinner series concepts, but is I would say, okay, I'm going to roast a whole chicken. In my family, we need half of a chicken to eat at night. I know that's not the case. If you're feeding more folks and they're hungrier, you would double <laughs> this amount. But in my case, I need half of a roasted chicken. And so I would roast a whole chicken, use half of it fresh tonight with some roasted vegetables, something really fresh. And then store the rest of that roasted chicken and create a sesame chicken style dish that I get to serve over fluffy white rice the other day. And I alternate those days. We're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about the Juna app, the app that makes this podcast possible. Juna is the premier app for every stage of motherhood with a 12 week trying to conceive plan and workouts, key nutrition information for every week of pregnancy and postpartum, plus six full video courses on birth prep, breastfeeding, newborn care, infant sleep, sleep from four to 12 months, and starting solids. The app is designed to be your number one companion from trying to conceive through your baby's first year of life. 
It also includes daily diaphragmatic breathing exercises, pelvic floor prep, daily tips, and notes from me that are relevant to the exact things you are experiencing. These are so helpful for easing any fears and preventing the dreaded gestational Google mania, that sickness where you can't stop Googling every little thing that happens during pregnancy. Juna is available for both iOS and Android. Just search Juna in the app store or go to Juna.co. Again, that's Juna.co. The app is completely free to try for seven days, and if you decide it's not right for you, you can cancel any time within the first week. No questions asked. Download Juna today and get started. Now, back to the show. Now, I don't know about your toddlers, but Mm -hmm. my toddlers are not adventurous, or at least one of them is not, and she demands everything, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she is the CEO of the family. Mm-hmm. But so I guess how do you account for your kids when you're planning these meals? Yeah, how do you account for them? Great question. So what I do, I wrote Cook One's Dinner Fix, for example, through the lens of you can't turn off the switch in my brain that makes me a mom mm-hmm. that's feeding young children. And so I wrote all of these to be more family friendly, but the way that I plate them for our girls is different than the way that I plate them for my husband and myself. So speaking about the chili, for example, it's got the kale, the beans, the pork, and there's some, the fresh limes that I would squeeze into it. The way that I would plate that for my husband and myself would be in a bowl, right? That'd be delicious. A nice Mm -hmm. big bowl of chili (laughs) with some cilantro on top and the dollop of sour cream and some lime but to my three-year-old or my will be too soonish to them it's a big mystery bowl and they're not interested in that now they might be once they start eating it then they get curious about what's on mom's plate but what I have found is that if I deconstruct the meal for them I have those little replay plates that I use I don't work with them I just Spend lots of money with them. Familiar with those products. <laughs> yes. And what I would do is I would pull out some beans and put them in a little spot on their plate, pull out the nice soft kale that's seasoned really deliciously for them, pull out the pork and set it all next to each other, serve it with some fresh fruit, serve it with something else that I know they're going to love. For in this case, it would probably be some shredded cheddar cheese. I know that they're mm-hmm. to get them started, to get them even interested in the plate. I know they're going to love the raspberries and they're going to love the cheese. And if they just get started, the odds of them trying the other components and liking it are high. And so that's how I plate this for them. And the flavors are exciting enough, I think, for adults, but also not too adventurous for kiddos. Now, I'm going to ask you a very specific question. So when you say pull out the, let's say you pull out the beans, you pull, do you you pull it out before it was a chili verde or do you like pull it out so it still gets still got the sauce on it but the kale is separate with the sauce on it and the beans are separate I guess what is because I what I have found is that when I try and do the you know like one meal one family mm-hmm. and then I'm like pulling and deconstruct it feels like I'm still doing six meals because I'm pulling things mm-hmm. out before I actually cook it and do you get yeah you follow me I do. Okay. Yeah. It honestly just depends on when I think of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that's life with small children is yeah. it depends on who's on my hip and who needs me right now. Another example, if it's a, something like a casserole, for example, so there's a Southwestern turkey casserole on the book that comes to mind mm-hmm. and it has sauteed peppers and onions and corn and beans and cheese and turkey. 
that's already cooked. Mm -hmm. And what I would do, what I do in that instance is I'm assembling the meal anyways. I'm layering the bell peppers on and then I'm layering the beans on top of that for the casserole Mm -hmm. and then the corn. And so it's while I'm layering it, I just reserve a few, like about half a cup to split between their two plates so that I'm not having to pick it out of the baked finished dish, if that makes sense. I find that to be a little bit easier. Okay. And because, so backing up, have you, because I would say that my, the largest struggle in my house right now is feeding my kids. Mm -hmm. And it's because everybody has different in tastes and pickiness and whatever. You get it. You have young kids. Did you, have you ever had that problem or have you just always fed your kids like this and that's why it's no problem? I have all, I have fed them this way and it's worked so far, but I also know in all things parenting to hold it loosely <laughs> uh, because there could be a different reality around the next corner. And that doesn't mean that we don't have our nights where we eat dinner around 530, for example, where if somebody had broke into the pantry and ate half a bag of pretzels, there's no chance of them touching what I've put on their yeah. plate. We definitely have nights where it's, well, folks aren't, the kiddos are not gobbling up every last thing on there. I would say those are few and far between, but for the most part, I think that just being consistent and offering them a similar plate with what Austin and I are having and then a fresh cut of fruit, that consistency really helps. So as kiddos, they really like that kind of cadence. And sometimes they eat it and sometimes they don't. And we'll see how it goes from here, but I hope to always continue to serve the same, a very similar meal to them as we're enjoying. Yeah, that's that is if I think if I could get my family on one meal, I would be a very happy person. I believe it. <laughs> what would you like put your the category of recipes that you is it paleo? Is it well balanced? What is the like how yeah, I guess what's the angle? Yeah. When my career when I started off at was paleo and I veered significantly from there. So I did. When I started Fed and Fit, I was at the very beginning of my own health and wellness discovery journey, if you will. <laughs> and I was really unwell and I didn't realize it until I felt better. That's how some of those things work because you don't realize the the thorn in your side until you pull it out and you get some relief from it. I had some pretty chronic knee and hip pain, mental fog, things like that. And I found a lot of relief by following a grain-free, dairy-free diet. And then as my gut healed, my nutrition philosophy is the goal is to eat as many different foods as possible, not to whittle it down mm-hmm. to the four foods that you can always eat. That's, I, that's really where I Uh, draw my personal professional (laughs) nutrition line in the sand. And so I started experimenting and trying other things. And now it's really full circle and focusing on how to keep my body healthy while enjoying as many foods as possible. So I would say that my recipes are healthy. They're definitely formulated from the mind. Just like being a mom, I can't turn that switch off when I'm Mm -hmm. developing recipes. I also can't turn off the switch of being a nutritionist when I'm building plates and balancing micro and macronutrients. And so I would say that they're balanced plates that have very generous servings. I'm a big believer in eating the amount of food you really need mm-hmm. and and very flavorful. I actually personally have found that although I've incorporated, almost reincorporated just about every major natural food category back into my diet with success, wheat gluten, unfortunately for me, is out still. And I'm very envious of all the folks who can eat it. And I fully support you in doing that. Mm-hmm. So Fed and Fit, for example, which is the website, 
has over a thousand now recipes, but that's something to know that all of them are going to be gluten-free already or... Now, I'm curious, because obviously you've gone through two pregnancies, two and a half pregnancies. How did your meal planning and prepping and cooking like change while you were pregnant? Oh, gosh. Meal planning and cooking and prepping in my first trimester was just mm -hmm. about non-existent. I, I, my first trimesters in these pregnancies have been pretty rough and we have, I, especially with this third one, I essentially had a, I wish I were, I wish I were exaggerating, but that's really the honest to goodness truth. I had about a two month long migraine with uh. this third pregnancy in that first trimester. And so we leaned a lot on takeout and my husband defrosting the occasional bratwurst and <laughs> grilling them for us. <laughs> Bless his heart. And then just having, when you have two small children at home, it's not like my first pregnancy, when, which is when I got my very first migraine ever and where I could sit on the couch and lick my wounds and yep. put on sunglasses because small humans really need me. And it was a different kind of cadence. I, I got through by the skin of my teeth, so to speak. And we relied a lot on just very easy, convenient foods. And then since then, in my second trimester, it is like the pendulum swings the other way. Mm -hmm. And I have unlocked a box of energy that is just <laughs> tremendous and I'm so grateful for it. And because I'm still not enormously pregnant, I, I can get around a little bit easier. In second trimester is when I like to prep for the future. This is when I really, I've got the extra energy and I say, let's put it to good use. And so this is when I will make dinner. Let's say if I'm making that Southwestern turkey casserole, this is when I have the wherewithal, some usually and the energy to say, oh, let's double it. Let's double the exercise. Let's double how much I'm cooking because it's not much more work to double the amount of food you're making. Right. The dishes are already dirty, right? Mm -hmm. Double it, create an extra and freeze it. And so that's usually how I meal prep in the second trimester is just constantly thinking about what can I make tonight because I want to double it to freeze it. Are you a breastfeeding mom needing to boost her milk supply or a nursing mom wanting to maintain good milk supply during your pregnancy? Well, we are excited to introduce you to Golacta, an all-natural galactagogue and superfood. Many moms and health professionals around the world are calling the miracle supplement. 100% made from nature's own galactagogue, their pure moringa leaves are farmed by Golacta out in the Philippines. Vitamin C, calcium, potassium, and protein. Moringa leaves pull double duty. They're both plant-based superfood and a galactagogue. So both moms and babies will reap the nutritional benefits of the moringa leaves. Added to being an amazing superfood, Golacta is the ideal supplement for nursing moms that is not only clinically proven safe to use while pregnant, but because of its superfood qualities, it also provides moms and babies the key nutrients they need for healthy living and growth. I wish I knew about this during my breastfeeding journeys, but I'm just glad I get to share this with you today. You can buy yours today from the Golacta website, www.golacta.com. Available in easy-to-use capsules or in a powder so you can incorporate it into some of our amazing smoothie recipes in the app. Use code capital G-L-J-U-N-A-21 for 15% off your first order. Once again, you can order today on their website and use the code GL-JUNA21 for 15% off your order. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And I, I also love when I have people in the nutrition space that that tell people that it's okay that your first trimester is not um oh yeah not just like salads and because I think I think everyone feels really guilty about what they're capable of in the first trimester and they don't realize that like everybody's like that like it's I I feel like the I have a few friends that didn't experience extreme nausea and were able to pretty healthy but I know that my plate was beige all all first Mm -hmm. trimester and then your second trimester it's just for those of us that don't have hyperemesis but it's like a whole new world of of Mm -hmm. being like oh my god what it's like to feel good again and to not be sitting in the dark (laughs) because you're everything hurts Mm -hmm. so it's but I love that idea of just doubling down especially like I one of my questions for you is if you have any tips for planning and preparing meals for postpartum I do. Actually, on fedandfit.com, we have a guide that it honestly took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to get it published, (laughs) which is a shame because I've been using it for years. But it's essentially what I use to really stock my freezer. When I'm ready to roll up my sleeves, invite my mom over for a weekend, and this is what I do to stock my freezer or invite a friend over, whatever it is. There are 10, I like to lean on the slow cooker. There are Mm -hmm. 10 crockpot slow cooker meals. And I will sit down. There's a, we actually have a free download for it where it gives you the shopping list for all of them if you wanted to make all of them at once like this and take it on as a project. But it's everything from soups and stews to even uh, there's this bourbon chicken, for example, which is this sticky Asian style chicken that you would then serve over like a white rice. And so what I'll do is I will assemble all of these meals and I put them into freezer safe bags, label them. I reuse a lot of my plastic bags, so I usually tape the label on them and label them, freeze them flat. And then once they're frozen flat, then I tilt them upright and store them like books in my freezer. And it becomes a row, a dedicated row for crockpot meals. And then all you do is when I'm ready for it, is now, of course, I also have casseroles and other things in the freezer that I've made in advance um, when I'm ready to not get out my slow cooker again. But for these, you pull it out, let it sit on the counter for about 30 minutes, gives it enough time to be able to slip it out of the bag and then into the slow cooker. And then you turn it on, follow the instructions that you've written handily on your on the container however many months ago, and you have a really fresh, delicious homemade dinner in a few hours. Oh, I love that. How long can those stay in the freezer? The The date that I like to give myself is to enjoy within five months. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that. so when people get that burst of energy in the second trimester, they can start mm-hmm. prepping then. And how many meals do you like to have prepped for yourself? What's like a good thing to aim for? A 10 feels like my if I have 10 in there I can scratch it off the list in pencil like we're good we, we're like we'll be great with 10 yeah. I tend to overshoot and do I like to double that if I've got the time and the space to do it and try to prep 20 and so that would be maybe 10 crock pot bag meals and then maybe a mixture of 10 other casserole type dishes that I make in foil like 10 foil casserole dishes so that I'm not having to freeze all of my casserole containers, but I pre-make those. And then again, just the key to using what's in your freezer is labeling it and staying organized. Because if you toss it in there with all of the the bags of fruit that you use for smoothies and it's hiding under ice cream, you're going to forget about it. 
and it's not going to be useful to you. And so keeping it a dedicated space, if you've got the space and organized really can help. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. I, we have a like one of those like cube chest freezers that we mm-hmm. got in the pandemic, <laughs> which, yes. which is now like the best thing in the world. But if it's not organized, like things get buried and then you're like, oh, it's been a year since this has been in here. This is no longer good. And yeah, I think having, you know, some structure. So on that note, do you have some time saving tips or actually let's start with other organizational tips for the kitchen? Yeah, you bet. Other organizational tips for the kitchen. Oh, gosh. One of my favorites, I actually just shared it recently on my Instagram, Fed and Fit Instagram, is this is a little zany, so you might have to hang in there with me. (laughs) Uh, But when you get home from the grocery store, usually when you've shopped and you've grocery shopped, whether you're actually going to the store or you're getting groceries delivered to your house, regardless of where you fall, you probably have some rough idea of the meals that you were shopping for. You have an idea of what ingredients are going to go with what meals. You may not know the exact night you're going to make something. The exact night you're going to make that Southwestern turkey casserole, relatively which groups of ingredients go together. And so I say, while you when, as soon as you get them home and those meals are still top of mind, to sort them into meal bins or baskets or bags, whatever you have on hand, and then store them in your refrigerator as meal bins. And I'm talking... If you're making a, oh, what's a great, I will keep using the Southwestern turkey casserole recipe. There's beans in this dish. There's cheese in this dish. There are the the peppers and all of those things, the things that are going to go into the sauce. Put all, even the can of beans goes into the refrigerator with this group of ingredients. Because when it comes time to make that dinner, I have found that dinner is going to be an effort regardless. And my job, I feel like my job is to make it as easy on you as possible. And if your ingredients are already lumped together, it's going to save on time for you to have to go hunt down the recipe, remember what all it called for, and then go find that can of beans in your pantry, pull it out, pull out all the spices, find everything through the veggie drawer, pull it all. It just adds extra time, effort, and energy that you have to go through and brace yourself for when you're like, oh, here we go. We're going to make dinner again. I have to go find all this stuff. And so I found that to be a huge time saver. Yes, I love that. So even the things that like don't need to be refrigerated, like being, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to throw it in there because I just take it out and that's yep. ready to rock. I love that. Oh man, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to implement this. I'll report back. Okay, great. So question, when you're doing your meal planning, so hey, what day do you do your meal planning? I'm usually a Saturday meal planner. Okay. So you take out your cookbooks or however, mm-hmm. whatever you're using, you, and then you write out your meal plan. Do you write out in your meal plan, like, here's how I'm going to adjust it for kids? Or is that just in your, in your head? It's mostly in my head. My cookbooks, for example, if there is, I'm trying to think of a dish example that, gosh, there's a burrito bowls, for example. I'm thinking of the burrito. That's such a really easy one to just my husband and I might layer that up, but I would serve it obviously just not layered for my mm-hmm. kids. And I would put on my grocery list, for example, a specific kind of cheese that I know that they like. Whereas in the photo, I have this really finely shredded cheese for the girls. I prefer to give them something that's they can pick up and chew on. So you note those things. And yes. then you do all of your, do you do all of your shopping on Sunday or do you piecemeal it throughout the week? I usually shop twice. Okay. I do. Yes. I usually shop twice. And usually because we go through, 
I swear my daughters are going to turn into giant blueberries and roll away. <laughs> yep. We go through so much fruit. I will buy, I feel like a small fortune in fruits. I'm so, so fortunate to be able to do that. But a small fortune in fruits on, let's say a Sunday is when we've got it there and then it's gone by Wednesday. So mostly because of that cadence is the reason why I split it up. Yes, I think you are not alone. This is the story of my life. It's so funny. We do all of our shopping um, at the farmer's market on Sunday. And mm-hmm. then I, I like refuse. I'm like, I will not. Even <laughs> though you guys have finished all the fruit by two, I'm not going out. Wednesday is their day. So you're going to have to make it last. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Wednesday morning is when they get to eat all of the uh, the, man- the leftover mandarins, the exactly. apples they didn't really want. <laughs> exactly. It's like last picking. I'm like, there's nothing left. Sorry, guys. You just got to eat the rest of it. You will finish that pair. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so you do shopping twice a week. And okay, that's helpful. Now, do you have some time-saving tips for the kitchen? Yeah, some of my favorite time-saving tips are, I I mentioned shredded meat earlier, the, the pulled pork, for example. If you are still shredding meat with two forks, I have a hack that is gonna hopefully save you a lot of time and some hand cramps. It is to, so many people, probably have a stand mixer in your kitchen and you probably only use it when you're making some kind of a baked good, some kind of a sweet. And my favorite thing to do, I probably use it more for this now than I ever do for any kind. I don't hardly now turn it on for sweets is to put on my paddle attachment, which is not the whisk. So the paddle attachment is it's flat metal and it's, it's got about two bars on it. So I put on my paddle attachment to my stand mixer and whether it is chicken breast or let's say it's a roast, a beef roast that I'm getting ready to turn into shredded beef or a pork shoulder, you put those cooked pieces, huge chunks of meat into the bowl and then turn your stand mixer on with the paddle attachment on low. And I'm not kidding, in 15 seconds, whether you have two pounds or six pounds of meat in there, you're going to have shredded meat, perfect shredded meat. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm literally in the process of Googling paddle attachment. <laughs> I'm like, she said two. And I'm like thinking of the beaters. Okay. Now I have a visual. Yes. So that's one of my favorites because sh- shredding, to be honest, shredding chicken, the years of my life oh my God. that I feel like I've spent shredding chicken with two little forks. It made me not want to make those dinners. Yeah. And I will say, the, I feel like kids will eat shredded meat. Yes. They won't just eat like a piece of chicken unless it's in a nugget form. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so that can really be a huge time saver. Another time saver that I like to chat about is when you, if a recipe calls for garlic and onion, and so many do, I say, while you've already got your cutting board out, instead of just chopping up, let's say the recipe calls for half of an onion and three cloves. So you've already got your cutting board out. Keep chopping that onion, chop the rest of it chop the rest of the garlic, mince the rest of it while you've already got in, if you've got the time, mm-hmm. and then store it in a sealed little mason jar in your refrigerator. And I like to turn these jars over. I wash them completely at the end of the week so that I know I don't have any, I, it's not a perfect system, but there's usually nothing growing in there. But if you are able to keep it really fresh and use it up in the next five days, then the next time a recipe calls for garlic and onion, instead of having to get out your cutting board again and go find that half of an onion or cut open a brand new one, you've already got freshly chopped garlic and onion in your refrigerator and you can just take a spoonful of it and throw it into the skillet. 
Yeah, I it's that's I feel and what doesn't call for onion and garlic? I feel like I'm right. chopping garlic and onion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Every day. Okay, those are helpful. Now, one of the thing I would love to hear some cost saving tips. Because you got it. Yeah. Yes, because it, it's a reality for everybody. Yeah. Um, is we all need. It's a great thing for all of us to be aware of. Number one is to shop. I, I, this is going to sound probably so average and obvious to some folks but sometimes it can be a real eye-opener but the actually the more local you shop and more in-season you shop the less you're probably going to pay for your produce and the reason for that is when you think about the economics of it so let's say you if you go to the grocery store and you're walking around the grocery store those center aisles let's uh, in the height of the summer there's probably a center aisle that has cherry tomatoes on sale and there's going to be a little local sticker hanging over it. And it's going to be a great deal on cherry tomatoes. And the reason why those cherry tomatoes are so affordable right now is because if you've ever had a garden, you know how it goes. Everything is almost ready for harvest at the same time. And so there's an abundance. There's more supply than there is demand. It's also because it's local to you, you're not also having to pay for a long transit to get to you, right? The footprint of it mm -hmm. getting there was less. And so that can be a huge cost savings. And so what I say is shop the deals, shop the local organic, if possible, deals and lean on your freezer again to stock up. So Cook One's Dinner Fix, for example, that's how I really want folks to, or I hope you're able to move through this book is let's say for the vegetarian chapter in there, I have one dinner series that weaves together roasted cherry tomatoes. And so I, I wrote that with the mind of you're walking into the grocery store and you see all these cherry tomatoes. And you think, gosh, I want to get all these, but what the heck am I going to do with them? In Dinner Fix, we're going to roast all of these cherry tomatoes at once, use half of them in this black rice salad. It's really fabulous, super flavorful salad. And the other half we're going to blend up and turn into the loveliest tomato soup, stick some large lasagna noodles in there, big dollops of ricotta cheese and make a lasagna soup. And so it just, mm. we're able to really lean into things when they're abundant. And so that's what I say is to shop um, seasonally will save you money. And to also, it's okay to, I think it's great to meal plan and it's great to set an intention. I think I want to serve my family beef tonight and I want to serve my family seafood tonight, but maybe don't pick the exact dinner series, for example, until you're at the store or you're at the market and you're able to see what's there, what's the best price, what's the most fresh, and then let that inform your final choices. Yeah. Yeah. I find I shouldn't shop hungry. <laughs> One of the, but I also, I do find that when I meal plan and I have an intention going to the store, I just don't waste a lot. And I think right. that waste used to be one of our biggest problems. And now I've just become so much more dialed in. And I also guess I have more mouths to feed. And so they're eating more. But yeah, I, I think that's really helpful. Good. Cool. Anything else that you want to touch on before we wrap up that I missed here? Oh, my gosh. No, this has been so fun. Oh, I guess I do have. If anybody listening has, whether you are... You yourself have a dietary restriction that you're trying to navigate when it comes to meal planning or you're feeding people at home who have their own different dietary restrictions. Talk about folks who are making several dinners every night 
these people, <laughs> these home cooks are the ones that I feel like are just in a lot of ways my heroes because of dietary needs and differences at their table. They are literally making three different dinners every single night. And as a nutritionist and as a, as a home cook, the person who is the cook at home, that really in some ways breaks my heart because that's so much incredible work and that's so wonderful. So in Cook One Center Fix, what I did though is provided a an abundance of special diet substitutions and considerations. At the back of the book is a dietary restriction chart. And so in the book, there are 66 zero dinner series that span the five chapters. So it's 120 complete meals. So in that, it's not just going to be a recipe for, let's say, a roasted chicken. I'm also providing you with a recipe for the sides so you don't have to do the thinking. Oh, and at the yeah. back of the at the back of the book, we have these dietary restrictions so that you can scroll through and see the glance, which ones are already dairy-free, which ones have a dairy-free modification. And I tell you, if there's a modification in the book, I want you to know it was tested <laughs> because there's nothing like, I don't know if you've ever made a dairy-free modification of something, but sometimes when you make them, my thought is, this turned into goop? Yep. Did anybody test this before <laughs> they wrote it? <laughs> and so those, they're going to be very reliable for you. But my goal is that if you are serving, whether in your current household or maybe you're hosting a meal for a bunch of folks coming over, instead of having to make three different kinds of meal, I say let's boil it down to the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. What can everybody eat at the table? And then hopefully that index will help you find many options and then make that, make one meal, make it easier on yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So tell everybody where they can find you and where your book is available. The uh, Cook Once Dinner Fix, it's available everywhere books are sold. You could find it online, of course. It's in Target. The shop's small. I'm sure there's lots of local small stores near you that are carrying it. And uh, then my website, fedandfit.com, is where you can find all of our thousand plus free recipes and wellness articles like that Crock-Pot series I, told, I mentioned. And then on probably the most active social media wise on Instagram, and my handle there is fed and fit. And I've been doing lots of demos showing this dinner series concept so you can see how it works. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is super um, helpful. And I think anyone who's looking to um, spice up their dinner routine and make it easier will find it very helpful. Good. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. Okay, that's all for today. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a mama friend and leave us a review. If you're pregnant, postpartum, or trying to conceive, you can download the Juna app completely free for seven days. The app is available for iOS and Android and is designed to be your guide for all things health and fitness for this very special time of your life. If you have any suggestions for episodes you would like to hear or anyone you think would be a great guest on the show, please email me directly at sarah at juna.co. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.